0: O King of Love, may you shine as a light in the darkness. May we know your healing. Amen. Sunday afternoon, my daughter and I engaged in a little painting. Hers was a beautiful sunset. Mine, Not so much. It's one of my ambitions for the next several years to learn how to paint. I love the idea of painting, and I really like the sensation of brushing color onto a canvas, but the result is sometimes a little painful to look at. Anyway, last Sunday afternoon, I'd happened to read ahead to this Sunday's scriptures, and so as I pondered my masterpiece, I had in my mind the image That The book of Numbers conjures for us of snake-bitten people sitting in the wilderness, waiting on a healing from the bronze serpent Moses had set before them on his pole. Inspired by a moment of creative zeal, I seized my paints and brushes and put to form what lay in my mind's eye, and then my wife, Monica, came home. What's this all about, she asked peering over my still drying art and speaking in that tone that I have to say I've never found particularly encouraging of my nascent, if not barely conceived, artistic talent. Strike one. Strike two came with her follow-up. Kids, come here. Can one of you tell me what daddy has drawn here? It's always so hard to tell. Thankfully, because I had briefed her very thoroughly, my youngest was able to offer a faultless interpretation of the elegant dance of texture and color that lay before them. And I was able to give Monica a knowing look that said, well, if a seven-year-old can get it, then I'm afraid I just can't help you. (laughs) Or something to that effect. In my wife's defense, not only is it true that my artwork verges on the wrong side of incoherent, There's also a deeper question at work here given what my subject matter was and other such biblical passages like the one we heard from Numbers this morning. What is this all about, this story of snakes sent from God to bite his people or because they complained about the food and the painfully long journey in the wilderness walk out of bondage in Egypt? Better to die than to go on such a mundane diet something you and I might hear every other week, but it normally doesn't result in divine retribution. So what sort of story is this? An admonition against challenging the divine? An object lesson on the power of leadership and the even greater power of mercy? Well, as I painted the scene and as I reflected on all that my minds I imagined, I couldn't help myself from wanting to dwell with the bitten of Israel, those who sat in the shadow of a bronze serpent, gazing into the middle distance, longing for redemption. I think that I found myself there, dwelling in my mind with the stricken, because I have been there before myself. I have dwelt in that space of unknowing, waiting on a healing Perhaps you have, too. Waiting on healing and hope is, of course, a profoundly Lenten discipline. If we take the gift of this season for all that it offers itself as, then these 40 wilderness days have within them gifts of insight, as do the other wilderness places of our lives. For me, one of my most treasured such gifts was not one that I found in a church, but in a life that taught me deep and painful lessons of what it can mean to wait on hope and healing, even in the most arid of wilderness places. And I'd like to share that story with you now. I first met Sandy when she was 14 years old, a beautiful and radiant young woman, a Latina, surrounded by a large and exuberant family, and possessing a savvy manner and insight that seemed old for her years. There was a reason for that. Sandy was dying of cancer. I came to know her during a year I spent working as a hospital chaplain resident on a pediatric unit in San Francisco. There are far few more challenging places that I have practiced ministry in than the pediatric medical units of that hospital. And I've known since then what it is like to stand on both sides of the line, as professional and as parent. And I've learned how very little there is that can prepare you for either. For Sandy, the journey to the point where I met her had seen a gradual unfolding of pain as the dark shadow of cancer cast itself upon her life. Each day as I visited her room, without exception, I would find Sandy's father, somewhat estranged from the rest of the family, yet resolute, that he would wait and watch and hope for the light. For him, there was no other place to stand than in the thin space for hope that he had managed to cultivate for himself and for his daughter, it meant for them that each day had a promise all of its own, a way for light to sneak in by the back door. He waited on that healing day after day. At first there was dismissal by the rest of the family. Then there was anger. Then it became clear that the healing this father was waiting for was not truly of his daughter's cancer, but of the relationships with a family that their daughter needed above all else, simply to be a family, her family. At the heart of this play of humanity rediscovering itself in these adults' lives was Sandy. I have rarely seen in my life more dignity and depth and keen perception of the nature of being human than I witnessed in her. Somehow, by a sheer miracle of grace, that 14-year-old girl had the capacity to hold that family's messiness and profound insecurities with a stillness and an honesty and a love that remained throughout, an almost mystical gift. The reaching out of a hand, the flash of a smile, the sweet gentleness of her voice. I knew... As I waited and watched and hoped that I was in the presence of something more than met the eye. And I was blessed. On her 15th birthday, her quincenara in her Mexican tradition, the family at last finding grace enough to be one body met around her bedside with balloons, traditional music playing, a beautiful dress for Sandy to wear, and a room so often struggling for hope, filled with the light of human kindness. It was as if they had finally arrived at a place they had so struggled to find. And there was, at last, peace. The next day I came, Sandy's courageous battle with cancer had ended. and She had died peacefully in her sleep in the night. By the time I'd arrived on the unit, the cleaning staff were already preparing the room for the next occupant. I found nothing of Sandy there except for the light that was streaming into the window from between the trees outside. I asked the cleaner for a moment and took it upon myself to gather some of the nurses, an imagery arts practitioner, and a social worker, and we made a circle in the room around what had been Sandy's bed. We held hands and stood in silence, somehow hoping to remember and bear witness to a life that had graced us all. Light in the darkness hope in the wilderness. God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. What does it mean, do you think, to love an entire world? What does it mean to love so completely that even the darkest corners of our grief and our loss, our enmity and isolation might see light? What does it mean never to give up on the hope of healing for a world so thoroughly well versed in the practice of condemnation and discord? I think it means that you and I have our own places to wait. And watch and long for a healing that may never come to the bodies and material struggles of those around us, but wait and watch and hope we must. Because it is in that profound perseverance of the life of the faithful that the reconciliation of God enters the world. As John's gospel reminds us, Jesus has already decisively acted in the world that God seeks to reconcile to God's self. The opportunity now lies open for us to respond and to offer to others the same unqualified compassion and undeterred faith and deep capacity for grace that God extends toward us. I wonder... How long the men, women, and children sat in that wilderness place, waiting on a healing from Moses' bronze serpent? How long does it take for healing to fulfill its promise? Such mysteries are what we should expect to meet on our Lenten journey. We don't get to call time on the eternal. We do get, though, to heal. You are not alone. Your God roams the wilderness for you.